Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the New York Mr. Machine. Tell me how about fuck ghosts. That's how we do it. That's, that's mm. I tried I, I tried my best last week. But honestly, I want to commend you, Adam. I, I people people got it twice last week. They got me and you. Because that's true. There was like an intro to the there was an intro to the intro. That's true. That's true. I will say that um as I, I played the uh episode last week for my own ears. Um Because Christina listens to our episodes. I do. I do listen to the episodes. <laughs> Mainly because like at first we were just worried that no one would listen to it, so we needed to at least have two listens yeah. for every episode. Now you all I also want to see just how stupid I sound at certain points. Like I just want to clarify that I didn't say something really every stupid. now but my favorite part is every now and then and by every now and then I mean Every <laughs> Christina always is like you, we, we were off we were off like, we, out of we lost our mind I'm like it's every week we, we're like, it's 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 who we are it's Just the brand surpri- you know it's sort of like you know you don't think you sound the way you do when you're <laughs> in your head you're like oh no I sound like that it's like, I know that's we, me like we sound absolutely out of gosh insane. darn mind but I was really pleased because I, I, I pl- pressed play and I, I hear you introduce and I'm like oh, I feel like if he doesn't if he doesn't get this right yeah I'm gonna be real upset and yeah. then and then you did a beautiful yeah i was trying my best yeah well done well anyway we're, we're so happy to be back in the same room together yes because um, we were supposed again we were supposed to record yes if you're listening to this out of order last week's episode <laughs> yeah if you're listening to last week's episode was last if you if you didn't listen to last week's episode what we did was um so i came back from thanksgiving with covid um and so christine and i couldn't record and so instead of just missing a week we thought it'd be really cool to play one of the patron exclusive episodes that you only get uh if you're, if you're a, patron. a patron um and it was our first patron ex- episode ever that we had recorded about a year ago it was last january and it was all about the haunting the belasco theater and it was a really great episode and we're so happy that we got to share it with you yeah people have like reached out and saying they were so happy that we we, we share that and so hopefully it inspires you to want to join our patreon to get more of these every month for the low low cost of well, for three dollars you join the community. Okay. For five dollars you um you get these Patreon exclusives. And as a special, if you go on Patreon right now, that's patreon.com slash NY Misty Machine. Um, I'm extending we had a deal for Cyber Friday for Cyber Monday. Um, and the deal was that uh, if you join our Patreon, you get um, the top tier for a hundred dollars usually, where you get all those things plus a sandwich of the month. Um, you get it for only for fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm extending it mm. and get this one. Ready for this? I'm ready. Because I'm 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 fucking holly jolly. <laughs> if you join, because no one's joined it yet, so if you join it this this December as our holiday special, you'll get it fifty dollars in perpetuity forever. <gasps> oh, take it forever. So if you join the fifty dollars a month level but you get all the things you get our patron exclusives you get a sticker you get a shout out you get uh information to our events you get to choose an episode each month you get our spotify playlist you get a mug you get um and then the, and you and the a sandwich you get don't a sandwich. Get a sandwich each month you get a sandwich if you join that this month the month of december you will get it for 50 dollars for as long as you're a patron wow. forever and ever that's what i'm doing hot damn Christmas spirit is within look at, me. Look at this regular old Saint Nick over here. So, um, so yeah, so do that. It's a, it's a, it's a great special. It's all those things and the sandwich. I mean, look, the sandwiches are. You know, you go to a deli in New York, a good deli, and you're spending like there's a deli by us, it's a sandwich place by us called Anthony and Sons Panini. Excellent, excellent. And you sandwiches. get sandwiches there for like seventeen bucks. Yeah, those so are expensive think to sandwiches. yourself. Think to yourself that you're getting. Basically, the value of like a seventeen dollars sandwich because it will be that expensive a sandwich because mm-hmm. Christina had the first pilot one. Oh boy, it was big. It it cost me it seventeen dollars. <laughs> um, you're getting that. 
you're getting a mug which would retail at like fifteen twenty dollars. So good already point. You've, you 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 spent that, and then you're getting all these other good things. And in the end, you're helping support the podcast. And and your your heart will just grow three sizes this day. Much you know. Feel the Christmas spirit. So that's that's what we're doing. Uh, enjoy that. I hope you all join. Uh, we're really excited. Um, I'm so happy we were able to show that episode last week, and um, yeah. That's, that's, that's all I got. So <laughs> patreon.com slash NY Mystery Machine this holiday season. Um, help us out. Giving givings is, is fun. It's nice. It's great. <laughs> it's a good things. time. <laughs> well. I have so much energy because I came out. I'm, a, I'm out of the COVID. You're out of the COVID. <laughs> I'm out of the COVID. Is this your first time with COVID? It was my first time with COVID. And um, officially. Officially, right. Officially. It's the first time I ever tested positive for COVID. And um, I lost my taste and my scent. Wow, I didn't think that happened anymore. <laughs> I know it was so strange. How passe! What a passe way it of was getting. So strange. I was like, I'm like, I can't taste, it. and I've not been able to taste things before. Like when mm-hmm. I get sick, sometimes I lose my taste, but never the scent and taste. Mm. And it was really, it was really, it was heartbreaking. And um, I was in Quincy, Illinois, for Thanksgiving, and we we went to my favorite restaurant in Quincy, oh, no. which is Soul to Soul. It's this like Korean fusion place, and it's like they have like my favorite like Korean fried chicken ever. Mm. And um, I got the spiciest version you can get just to see if it would do anything. And I felt that there was spice there, but I couldn't taste anything. Oh, no, the inside of your mouth hurt. But it no, didn't, it, oh. man, it it stimulated. Like I felt like like little okay. like prickly thingies, but it wasn't like heat. It wasn't what I'd feel. Yeah. having heat, and so um, I was really bummed about that. Yeah, because <laughs> um, my favorite restaurant, and so I was bummed about that. And then I spoke to a friend of the show, and my our friend Anthony, who's a a nurse, um, seems to be a nurse practitioner, and he was like, "You need to do. We we're ever we're telling everyone that if you lose your taste and your smell." Um, do things to stimulate your your senses, mm. like eat spicy foods, eat rich foods. And so the next night I had an order of jalapeno poppers, <laughs> which are really not as tasty because I couldn't taste anything. Right. Um, but I also felt like the heat coming back there, and that was so that was that was something. And oh. then then two days later, everything came back. Well, wel- welcome back, Adam. Senses. <laughs> I'm glad that you've healed up. Um... Well, Christina, where are we today after that long interview about COVID? And <laughs> today we are, uh, we're, we're we're bending the rules slightly. We're, oh we're, God! Where you? <laughs> Don't you didn't even tell me we're bending the rules? Well, I, I sort of told. It's a clear rule bending. Okay, so we're bending the rules a little bit. Oh boy! Um, I will say that coming off of a patron episode that we released as an episode episode, we are um, in the same vein as one of our patron episodes. So if you like this, you should become a patron. Um, and we're bending the rules because what happens at the crux of this mystery uh, occurs on the way to New York. So we're using the Theodosia Burr. Oh, the Theodosia rule. Burr rule. Yes, exactly. And if you're not familiar with the Theodosia Burr rule, you know, Theodosia um, went missing on her way to New York. Right. And a lot of the action with Aaron Burr happened while he was in New York, but Theodosia herself was en route to New York. Right. So it was a it was a New York story ish. Right. So I I approved the rule. Right. I approved the There you go. This is the Theodosia Burr president. The Theodosia Burr president. <laughs> approved. <laughs> so um today's story is about Marie Empress, Ooh. which is the best name. Um and uh, there's a book written um, uh, by Samuel Ford entitled The Mysterious Miss Empress, Hollywood's Forgotten Film Vampire. Um and here's a little quote uh, that describes 
the situation at hand. Marie Empress, also known as Marie A. Keene and Marie Smith, and possibly still other names, who was born in England and France and the United States on five different dates, who was a child and an adult, a woman and a man, who either committed suicide and didn't, has ultimately fooled us all. Wait, what? She was a mystery in life and she's a mystery in death. She disappeared from a place and at a time that should have made such a disappearance almost impossible. Then she performed the most amazing disappearing act of all. She disappeared from history. Today she is forgotten. Her name appears in a few movie databases and necrologies, but the entries that follow her name are short and often inaccurate. Typically no more than a few words are written about her, even in the most comprehensive Hollywood history books. My word. So... Marie Empress, if you haven't gathered, disappeared. And we're going to be talking about her disappearance. Um, but she, you know, to figure out who she is, right, um, she created numerous fictions about who she was and her origin story. Um, possibly for the allure and mystery it would garner as a as a publicity stunt. Um, so at various points, as you heard, uh, she claimed to be born in France or in England or in the U.S. Um, the years don't always match. As best as people figure, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later, Marie may have been born... Mary Ann Louisa Taylor on March 26, 1884 in Birmingham, England. It seems that she was briefly married to a dentist, a William Horton, in 1902, but that they split in 1906 and were officially divorced in 1918. Or at least maybe that was the case per some buried information in a newspaper notice about the divorce. Um, it's all wonderfully, horribly, horribly muddled and unclear. Um, and the ultimately, the surest thing we can say about Marie Empress was that she must have been born to someone at some point. <laughs> uh, and who that is is unknown. We know. We, like, so what do we know for sure? We know she was born. She was born. And someone birthed her. Yep. Almost she certainly. She came from a womb someplace. We're at least 98% sure. Um, this is the weirdest, the weirdest <laughs> intro I've ever heard in my life. So, what happened to her? You, don't you wait. Um, in 1907, we're gonna, just going to lead up to the moment of her disappearance, unless you really want to know right now how she disappeared. No. Okay, great. My, by 1907, Marie was performing on stage in South Africa. Um, as one does. As one does. Because in 1907, um, it was you know still a colony, and it was a popular country for American and European performers. Um, soon after, she performed back in England again, and then was approached to cross the ocean and perform in the States. So Henry Benjamin Harris, um, who, for the record, would eventually die in, the in 1912 on the Titanic, he was the one who approached her around 1910 or so to perform um, at uh, theaters that either he owned or had um, shares in. So he both owned theaters, he had shares in other theaters, and he approached her to come perform in these. So these theaters included places in Syracuse, in New York City, in Philadelphia, Chicago, other places as All well. All in theory. Well, no, This at this point we know she not only exists but that she is performing. Oh, good. And she performed in South Africa and Wait. England. <laughs> we and know that. now she's about to perform in the States. Oh, good. What happened before that? No, no, no. Mm. We're pretty sure she was born. Um, so um, in particular, Harris wanted Marie Empress to appear at the Young Pier Theater, a vaudeville house in Atlantic City that was considered the best vaudeville theater in the area. Um, so celebrities of the day that performed there regularly included people like Annie Oakley and Will Rogers. Um, and Evelyn Nesbitt. Evelyn Nesbitt. Evelyn exactly. She's a girl on the swing. Um, and there was good money in some of these more reputable vaudeville uh, theaters. Um, so by way of example, the New York Times reported an opera singer uh, was offered $15,000 per week if she performed two times a night. 
$15,000 a week is real a lot of money. And in that time? That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's a lot I of money. I would take, right I mean, I'll take $15,000 a week now. I'll, I'll take that. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Um, and if you compare that to the average American wage of $15 a week at the time, you'll get a sense of just like how freaking lucrative this business was at the time. My word. If, if you got the right plates and then were that level good. So Marie Empress arrives in the States. She's heralded with numerous ads. Um, so here's one from the New York Sun. Um, and what's interesting is that she she writes it in her own voice, or it's written as first person Marie Empress. So okay. Adam, I'd like the reader to the reader the the listener to also know for the record that I am doing something new today. Oh, I know. I am reading this off my phone. I don't have pages in front of me. I don't even have a computer. I have. My I know. Phone. I feel like I feel like you went like you shifted, <laughs> you you shifted really hard left. Yeah, yeah. Um it's uh really ha- hard. I I kind of hate it. Um It's mostly because I've guilted Christina into thinking yep. that she's ruining the environment by yep. printing out pages. I mean, I always knew that was true. Um I just didn't want to face it and then <laughs> Adam held up a mirror and was like, "This is you. This is you." And so You're now the problem. we'll see how long this lasts, but Adam, will you kindly read the italicized off of my phone? Now the iron ironic part is that all you had to do was just email me your article and read it off my I computer. Don't, don't <laughs> Don't, don't, don't start with me. That's all you have to do. No, one step at a time, Adam. All right, what am I reading? My the mission? The italicized. Am I reading that's her? You were in charge of the voices. And where is she from again? Excellent question. Could know. be US, could be France, could be England. We think England. But you know, she sometimes says she's from France or the US. My mission has already been told, and I am very much in earnest. The ambition of my life has been to appear in New York but I have always been dreadfully afraid of failure in a foreign country. Outside of England, I have been fortunate in appealing to the theatergoers of South Africa and Australia. But America, that is the ambition of, of all. Still, I have been told that your audiences are more exacting and discerning, and while I thank the manager for their offers, I was anxious to just see for myself. I am cordially... Marie Empress. I really love um, the, the the regionality. The regionality, yes, just, yes. I just didn't, really I didn't know where to see where she was from. Yeah. So I went south. I, I love went, it. I went north London. I, went I south love it. London. Ah, uh, in it. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I gave it. I gave a little a susan of it all. Yes, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, so her 1910 debut must have been well received. There are no reviews extant because God forbid we have any real documentation about this woman. Um, but soon after she appeared um, in various other places, including the Hammerstein Victoria Theater in New York. Um, so unfortunately, that performance was not nearly so well received. Um, in fact, it was so badly received that um, most people and likely Marie Empress herself thought that she would never perform in America again. Jeez. Um, Marie Empress reportedly stated, America, savage, I can never conquer it. Um, so she retreats briefly to England um, and then travels back to the States in 1911, at which point she claims on her passenger records to be a U.S. citizen. Um, apparently, she was going to tour in Washington and then soon after disappears from the limelight for um, a couple of years, with some reports having her living a quiet life in Amityville with an unknown rich husband, quote unquote, and competing with her dogs in shows. Um, little little fun aside, because I think this is too great to not say, especially since, you know, we're a, we're a dog friendly podcast. We do love a dog. 
Apparently, my dog's name is Ted. Her dogs uh, <laughs> were a brother sister pair known as Ashton Sheila and Ashton Adonis, um, and were apparently very good or very pretty or both. I don't understand how dog shows work. <laughs> very good, very pretty. Well, we don't know. Um, and because they won a bunch of prizes, so in 1911, Ashton Sheila won prizes at the Westminster Kennel Club, the Long Island Kennel Club, the Plainfield Kennel Club, and the Toy Spaniel Club of New York. Is the Westminster? Is that the one that we see on Thanksgiving? I believe so. Yes. Oh, the dog show. Yeah, the Thanksgiving the, Day Parade. Um, she also had a dog named Empress Might, and um, in in November 1915, the Cincinnati Post had this little bitty feature. A rival, a real rivalry exists between Emmy Valen, the Viennese star, and Marie Empress, the English comedian, as to which owns the smallest dog. Miss Valen showed up to, at the Metro Studio in New York with a Pekingese weighing not more than two pounds. But Miss Empress won the prize with what she calls a biscuit hound, a tiny mite no bigger than her hand. And apparently this uh, Pekingese spaniel weighed only 18 ounces, which sounds to me grossly fucking unhealthy. But a thin dog. It's a real tiny thin dog. Um, that just is a little aside because I thought it was hilarious. Um, in 1913, Marie shows up again, possibly as a replacement in a musical um, known as Peggle My Heart. <laughs> um, and uh, she gets billed as Marie Keen. So she switched from Empress to Keen briefly. There's some debate as to whether this means that's her real name. Um, or that she's just shedding her vaudeville roots. Um, but she goes back to Marie Empress as her name pretty quickly. And then, you know, so she has a number of successes. She's she's begun to be hailed again as this incredible actress. Um, and then by 1915, Marie had moved on, professionally speaking. 1915, do you know what's about to rock the world at this time, Adam? In 1915? Mm -hmm. I don't know. The motion pictures. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the movies. Apparently, at the time, they were called photo plays. Um, and as any Singing in the Rain fans out there know, prior to the talkies, uh, movies really relied on you looking good, and Marie Empress fucking looked good. Um, so her first film was Old Dutch in 1915, followed by a slew of other movies. Um and it was the movie When We Were 21 that really launched Marie. So she plays a burlesque dancer known as the Firefly who seduced a young man she believes to be rich and then tossed him aside. Um, and so she was required in this role to be sex itself and would soon <laughs> uh, be the poster girl for the vampire, which is what today we would call a vamp, which I didn't know that's where the term came from. A glazed vamp? Yeah. It's from, they called them vampires. Um, so because they... I don't know. I guess vampires are sexy or something. I sexy didn't really vampires. ever get. I never really understood that. I know when I watched Nosferatu, I'm like, oof, that's Ooh. a sexy vampire. <laughs> oh, them teeths. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm so disturbed. I hate this. <laughs> um, oh, them teeths. <laughs> um. By the end of 1915, Marie Empress had even written her own movie. Um, and in it, she had grand plans to star in basically every role. So per uh, the Times of Munster, Indiana, Marie Empress, the versatile continental actress, has written the scenario for a feature picture in which she hopes to be starred. Miss Empress has written a role for herself that calls for the delineation of six distinct characters. In each part, she has been starred in previous stage productions on the other side of the Atlantic. While Miss Empress is perhaps best known in this country for her marvelous portrayal of a vampire type, she is equally as good in boy parts and appears to advantage as a male in evening clothes. So this movie is known under a few names. Um, it gets released as Behind Closed Doors. It gets re-released as Love's Crossroads or Love's Crossed Trail and eventually as The Guilty Woman. And she plays five characters in it. Uh, men, women, vamps, street kids, as well as the lead. Sure. Um, 
And she is listed as the co-writer, although, um, or rather, someone else gets listed as the sole writer, but she was at least co-writer for this. Um, She moves out to L.A. for a time thereafter, um, reintroduces herself to the L.A. scene. Um, Fun fact is that New York and L.A. movie productions were very different like different at this point so if you were known in new york doesn't mean anybody knew you in la um and so she reintroduces herself this time as marie keen um and claims to be the daughter of a former mayor of london which doesn't line up at all but here we are um and she kept saying that she would love to return home except for world war one raging and how unsafe it would be to cross of course um but in January 1917, Germany declares it was going to destroy any ship leaving the U.S. bound for Britain. Um, and so many British performers who had been stateside and sort of hanging on were like, oh, I, I guess we got to get home. So Empress is among them and she does leave, saying that she is volunteering to be a Red Cross nurse. She would not return until October 1919 at the end of World War One. This is this is where things get mysterious. She boards the SS Ordunia, a big old ship capable of conveying 1,100 passengers, and it's one of those beautiful, you know, multiple decks, giant cafes. It leaves Liverpool for Halifax and was due to dock in New York on October 27th. Marie Empress's room was a first-class cabin, stateroom 480. Um, the corridor directly outside it was frequented by many passengers as it led to uh, the many common areas where you could socialize. Throughout the trip, Marie Empress wore only black. To our knowledge, she wasn't a morning, but she would wear only black, black hats, black veils, black dresses. Dramatic. Black coats. Very dramatic. Even more dramatic in some ways is that apparently she had a monocle with her. She did not need corrective lenses but she she had a monocle and apparently she was very conspicuous are there images of this woman with the monocle not with the monocle sadly i don't want it no well there you go (laughs) um but apparently she was like very conspicuous in her use of the monocle which is also kind of funny like she would like very dramatically use it or use it at weird moments and that kind of thing um they dock at halifax um on october 25th for a little while she sends a telegram to a hotel uh in new york um one where she had previously lived and the telegram read arrive monday please have room for me she then spent some time in the first class lounge purchased some prosecco watched the ocean uh she made a couple of comments to a maid she'd befriended that she wasn't sure where she'd stay in new york that she had no friends or relatives there which is patently untrue she'd lived in new york for many years and um and she, you know, usually had sandwiches brought to her that night. On the last night before arriving in New York, the porter wasn't asked for any, but the, the maid she had befriended apparently dropped some off at the room. And when she got there, the Empress wasn't in, so she left the sandwiches. And when she came back in the morning, the sandwiches weren't eaten and Empress wasn't there. Nor was Empress anywhere else on the ship. Between leaving Halifax and arriving in New York, Empress just disappeared into thin air. And with that, Let's take a quick break. Yeah. I'm just going to sit and wonder. Just off the boat? Just off the boat. Just gone. All right. We'll be back. I'm going to I'm gonna send this for a second. If you ever look at our logo, you may notice a cute, furry, black and white creature hanging out the window. That's Ted. When he's not hanging out inside the New York Missing Machine, Ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox. BarkBox is the dog-obsessed company that's devoted to one goal, making dogs happy. It's a monthly subscription, totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends. 
BarkBox provides the best products, services, and content for pups and their people. Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats. Your first box ships immediately. Plus, BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right. So are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? If so, head over to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox, valued at $35, when you sign up for multi-length plans. Okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine and get your pup some treats today. All right, we we are back. We're back. And Christina just leaves us off with this lady. Who may or may not be French or a United States citizen or British. Who we barely know exists. Right. Vanishes off a boat. Correct. All right. So um, it becomes clear that in the time between leaving Halifax and docking New York, so really just overnight, um, she's gone. Um, her suitcases are still aboard. Um they find in her room some articles of men's clothing, no jewelry. The male clothing is perhaps linked to her impersonations of men in, in her various acts, her vaudeville acts. Um, the lack of jewelry is weird because she was known for like constantly being completely decked out. And so is her stuff still there? Yes. More. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, also missing is a gold handbag that uh, many had noticed her with and that they were quite sure was like stuffed with money. There was a stack of promotional photos next to her bed. Um, and they found a passport, but they discovered it was not made out to a Marie Empress or a Marie Keene or a Mary Keene, but to a Miss M.A. Smith. Um, and then next to it was sort of an addendum that said professionally known as Marie Empress. Okay. So they do a sweep. They look all over the place. Um, can't find her. Can't figure out what the hell happened. Um, and so the captain writes her name next to her name on the, the ship documentations, supposed suicide. Um, but this seems to be more of a desperate act of like finding a conclusion than anything else. Um, and in fact, several newspaper reports were extremely indignant. They insisted this must be a publicity hoax and that Marie would turn up very shortly and it was extremely in poor taste and how dare you. But she never does show back up. So where the hell did she go? I don't know, off the boat. Off the boat. So what do you think could have happened at this point? Just based off your knowledge of boats and sea travel and... <laughs> Oh, my, well, weird my ex, women. My ex, expansive knowledge of boats is that um, <laughs> there's a chance that she could have jumped off of one. Okay. So the suicide theory. The suicide theory. So uh, to be sure, there isn't any evidence to truly rule it out, but there's also nev not really evidence to tr rule it in, right? So by all accounts, she was doing fine. She was coming back for like a big old trip. Um, one of her contacts used on a previous voyage was a doctor associated with an asylum that was known as the Madhouse for the Rich. So perhaps there was a mental health issue. Who knows? But she did just arrange for her hotel room in New York. Um, and if she was going to drown, waiting until they were relatively close to shore rather than the more tumultuous middle of the Atlantic was sort of a weird choice. But, you know, who knows? There's the possibility of falling overboard. Sure. Not impossible. But she was a seasoned traveler. This is not her first rodeo traveling across the ocean. Um, 
And there's also the issue of the, of the location of her cabin. Sure. So her cabin, in order to leave and go to the railings for either of these reasons, she's going to be passing by a whole lot of people. It's it's a thoroughfare for staff and also for the folks on the ship. So um, it was also the last leg of the journey, right? So this is sort of the time when people would be taking advantage of the last night at like the fancy cafe on the ship or whatever. Um, it was also sweltering in the rooms because although it was October, it was really unseasonably warm. So if you're in a tiny, relatively tiny, you know, room with no real window, you're probably not going to just bunker down there. Most people are out on the decks and yet no one saw her, heard the splash, any of that. When, who discovers she's missing? Uh, the, I think it's when they, you know, she doesn't get off to, to, you know, get off with the other passengers. And I think, First, the first inkling was that when they came back to collect the plate in the morning, the plate was untouched of her sandwiches um, and, and she wasn't there. So I think the alarm is raised before they dock, before they dock. But certainly, I think by the time they dock. Yeah, she's definitely. Not she's not. Her stuff is there and that morning. So we're we're assuming timeline wise, we're looking at the last night of the journey mm-hmm. into the into the yeah so yeah like so we're looking at roughly between 9 30 p.m and the morning so yeah i mean like when you say suicide as an option it's like but why the last night of the of the trip like mm-hmm. you have a whole voyage mm-hmm. um a whole voyage when you're a lot a lot deeper exactly where there's no chance people can find your body exactly um which actually I don't I don't I don't think that that's that no one's finding your body is a reason to commit suicide early. I think that's something that um can go into play when you're talking about I assume another theory which is murder murder Exactly. That's the next one. But um, again, I, I, I think that not to not to jump where you're at, no, I you're... think that um if you're gonna kill someone on a voyage, you wanna do it as far into the Atlantic as you can. Right. Right, exactly. Um like, no one's washing up on any shore. Exactly. Um, which is why it sort of doesn't make sense. And look, you know, I, I think that mental health and depression and suicide, like, it's not um, a point at which most people are thinking very, like, clinically, logically, right? So, like, but it is still a weird thing the night before you dock. Yeah. Um, so in terms of murder most foul, I mean, the obvious problem is by whom and for what reason, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Um, it could be a robbery. She had that purse. It was missing. Um, but then why not the jewelry, right? Um, and there doesn't seem to be much motive. But again, we don't know a ton about her, clearly. It's just sort of one of those fluke things where the records are minimal. Um, there is the possibility of disguise. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing she does. Mm-hmm. She dresses up as a bunch of people. Exactly. Um, and so perhaps... And like starting a new life disguise situation? Yeah. But what for? It, uh, fuck if I know. Um, but that is one of the possibilities, right? Like one of the big questions is how did she get off the boat? Like if we can answer how she got off the boat, whatever that means, then we might have a yeah, hope of, course. of, you know, so if she just walked off as, you know, in her, her, her suits. But what, but, but I don't understand the point of that. Start over. But you could just take your shit with you. You could take your shit with you. Like you don't eat your food. None of that makes sense. That None of that make makes sense. sense. There's no, I don't, I, I, I don't know if you're starting a new life. Um, raising the flag that you're missing is the is the thing to do, right? That's a good point, right? You're trying. You want to like you want everything to sound normal. It's like yeah, she was on the boat, and then after she got off the boat, she never was never found again. Um, some people have suggested that perhaps 
if she was in disguise, that she would have had to be in disguise at different points on the boat as well. So the idea is that... Did people know her on the boat? Like, was she known? Yes. Yes. So what was the testimony from, like, people? That she was in those things. She was in perfectly fine perfectly fine mood that she was wearing all black that she um she you know to the maid said that you know that she befriended who would, like come and like help sew some clothes or something like kept said that she made weird comments like she didn't know what she was going to do in New York she'd never been I was like well no woman you've been there a fuck ton what are you talking about um you know people said that you know she rarely took anything to drink except the Prosecco when she wasn't feeling well. Apparently she uses like a tonic to make herself feel a little bit less seasick. Okay. That not okay. <laughs> um, but you know, so the theory around like the possibility that she would have to be in disguise at different points on the boat is that, you know, if someone doesn't get, if someone new shows up halfway through the journey and walks off the boat, people can be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, so she would have had to like sort of, it's a lot easier to be like, well, Empress is missing. Um, which means that some people are like, well, maybe she played the part of, you know, some, some man on the boat and she played the part of Empress on different points. So this way the man walks off the boat, but then that implies that somehow she got on the boat as well two times. So I don't know how the fuck that no, I'm ruling. Out. I'm ruling out new life. I'm ruling that out. Yeah. Okay. Um, it just. It just. If you're starting a new life, you you don't want people to be like, "Oh, this girl's missing." That's, right. You have the best situation. You're on a boat going to a country where no one knows who you are. Like that's the best situation right. in the world to start a new life. So that's right. not it. Well, I'm gonna run roll out the possibility that what if she never got on the boat? That is a possibility. What if? Because there's some weird shit happening, right? Like the comments about never being in New York. Also, the weird like conspicuous use of a monocle also the weird giant black hat and veil and dark clothing it's almost sort of calls attention to the fact that look it's marie empress but also don't completely look at me i'm covering my face with my hat oh shit so it's like she is she 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 like hires a someone to be marie empress someone who's pretty you know sort of vaguely of her type there there's new life there's new life like because that means she gets to stay in england and send someone off who disappears. Who disappears. And now she's off the hook because for mm-hmm. all we know, she's gone. Right. But now she's living her life. That that makes that sense. That is interesting, I think. That's enticing. Um, and I think, and there are a couple of things that may help in that as well. So for example, um, there's that, that passport, right? It's under a completely different name. For who, all we know, maybe M.A. Smith is the person that she hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then why did she leave it behind? And also, how did she get off? So who knows? Um, the other Yeah, that's the thing. <sighs> so the other interesting thing I'll say is that in addition to, you know, like those other discrepancies we talked about, the height on the ship documents on this passage don't match the height in the passport book. Sure. Which could be a clerical error or it could speak to the fact that, oh, actually, the woman who owns the passport isn't. The same yeah, person. Now things start to make a little bit more sense, right? Like, because now you say, if we're saying that this is the theory that she's starting a new life, mm-hmm. she sends a decoy. Now it makes sense that the decoy does want it to be very odd that these actions, like mm-hmm. she does want to leave the meal uneaten. Un- mm-hmm. She does want to not be uh, accounted for. Like mm-hmm. she does want to like take off her veil and stuff like that right. and just bounce off the ship and make it seem like this girl goes missing on the boat. Yep, exactly. Um. Yeah. Um. So, 
that is she sort of disappears after that from like the you know there's from all like these history? From history and so you know the talkies are coming up in the next few years basically right um she sort of disappears from history she, the the newspapers eventually just drop the story and she's never heard from again so at the time of the, the book i mentioned um was published um after the first edition, the author had someone reach out to him who said that they had a letter from Marie Empress from before this happened, of course, um, to what was both the person who reached out, that person's aunt, and Marie Empress's aunt. Okay. So the letter addresses an Aunt Josie and you know shares all this information. And based on that person's family history on this letter, the author of the book in time for the second edition was able to say that this is pro- her, her she was probably born Mary Ann Louisa Taylor of Birmingham, England. That's how we get that theory. But other Marianne, than that, but MA, right? MA. But then where's Smith? Who's a Smith? It's just another name. Um Is this like a long play for her? Like is she's like spending years deciding how she's gonna like vanish from the world? Maybe. Um I rule out how big is the ship? Like it's the- eleven hundred passengers able to carry, I should say. And then it also has numerous cafes and decks and, you know, it's it's one of those luxury sort of experiences, I think. And to say that, is it easy to slip away? I mean, this is a time where people are on the ship outside, always on the lookout, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's Titanic at times. Exactly. So you have people on like the, in in the nest. Some, some reports say that on her last night. If someone jumps from the the boat, someone in the nest is going to hear it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, and so that's the other thing, like just falling over or, or jumping over or being pushed over. Like those are all things that would someone would probably notice. Right. Someone would notice. Um, especially because it was a calm night. Otherwise, it wasn't like they were in a storm. Yeah. Um, some people have said that she was seen on, on, on that last night um, in sailor in like a sailor's outfit with a bunch of sailors. But what that does for us, I don't really know. Um Unless maybe she tried to blend in and that I, it's absolutely gobsmacking. Um, just completely disappears. Yeah. It's I, like a locked room mystery, basically, right? But. Oh, God, that locked room mystery. <laughs> go back and listen out. to uh, the one about Isidore Fink. It got very boosted after we told people to listen to it again. Go listen. Um, Solid. Yeah. I um. I the porthole in her, her room was locked from the inside. So, like, she didn't climb out that way. Wait. The wait. There's like a little, like a little, you know, like some cabins have portholes. Oh, oh, the porthole, not yeah, the door. Yeah. I'm like no, the no, door no, is sorry. locked from the inside, and then she just sort of vanished. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I don't know. Like my urge is to say it's the that the, she never gets on the boat. I kind of agree with that. I feel like that's. I don't know what that means. She does after. I don't know where on earth. I mean, it's she... the best way to go missing. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting. You pay someone to go be you. Yeah. Because you kind of can. I mean, you have to do the work to like make to 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 make a passport, right? Um, but I'm out in nineteen. Was it nineteen eleven? This is nineteen nineteen nineteen. I mean, this is nineteen nineteen. You say so. I don't know. Is it easy to like fraud? I mean, I guess it's probably probably easy to to, to make a passport. And so one of the things that and I got that weird like like hologram shit right. on it. And like even at the time, like it wasn't. It wasn't easy to like be a stowaway either or just like sneak off a boat, but it's also not as difficult as it is today. Right? Yeah. Like it's 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 sort of that funny, you know, it's probably not the easiest thing in the world, but it ain't impossible. Sure. Yeah. I I I I, I do not think anyone murders her. Mm-hmm. 
I think we would hear some sort of thing. I think mm-hmm. there's people looking out. Um, I don't think she commits suicide. I think, I don't think she gets on the boat. I don't think she gets on the boat either. And then, you know, the funny question is like, who, do, how, do, who, under what name does she live the rest of her life? Wouldn't that be interesting It doesn't to matter, know? Right? No, it like, doesn't matter. I'm just like. It's a great way to go missing. Yeah. You hire someone. It's very Agatha Christie. Yeah. You hire someone to be you. You give them money. You give them a passport. You say make you sure say, people notice you. Make sure you're noticed. Right. Which is Establish key. your presence. Establish that you are there. People know who you are. And here's the thing. It's 1919. No one knows who you are except for your name. Right. Like the there are a ab- couple of photos, but like yeah. it's not the same kind of media. Exactly, blitz. You, you're not like Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. You know, people know <laughs> if they know you, they know you. Yeah. If they've seen your photo, they know you. But if they're on a boat and they don't really know what you look like, right? They for all they know, you are that person. So right. it works. And so, and then the last night, you decide you take your disguise off, mm-hmm. you leave the boat. You don't because I mean you, you don't need to check in with everyone when you leave the boat, I guess. Um, at different points in time, you do have to like they do like account for you on your way off. But then the problem is when this person leaves the boat, who's she leaving as? Well, so that's where the thing about like the thing that I don't fully understand. So the the idea that the person would probably have to have a second identity, a second identity that they've played at different points on the boat. But they've had to check in on the boat in that other identity. Unless maybe once you're on the boat, it's easier to be like, oh no, you just didn't realize. Because I guess who's questioning at that point who you are? Yeah, I mean, at the end of a journey, does anyone give a shit? Well, they do. They they they, they do. Need to, they check do in track, that you right? Do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the only hole in this. Yeah. Th- in, this, in this in this theory, that you'd have to check in twice. Unless you check in once, as Marie Empress, you start playing the part of multiple people on the boat, and at that point, no one is really checking up on you because maybe officially to any cabin stewards, you're playing Marie Empress, and to your fellow passengers, you're playing. No, but then you have to get off the damn boat. You have to get off the boat. Like, that theory works if she found a way to, like, slip past the checkout. Right. Or maybe... And is there a formal checkout, though? Are we saying that, like, yeah, so, someone's at a clipboard and they're saying, great, you're off the boat, you're off the boat, you're off the boat? And I don't... Doing? I, I mean, there's or definitely... checking rooms? I, there's definitely a matching record. So sort of, like, when, when my genealogy comes into play, and I look at, like, immigration records, they are checking who's coming off the boat. All right. Well, there it is. I don't know, man. It's just crazy, isn't it? What do you guys think? Because this is this, we'd be really interested. Like, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I, we, I, I always, you know, we, we say that we love. I, I legitimately would love <laughs> if some of you, especially the ones we, we, I know there's a few of you who do come through every every couple of months ago with some mm-hmm. with some theories. Throw some theories because yeah. I'm really fascinated by this. I wasn't fascinated at the first jump of this. Yeah, and then something happened mid story that like, something. <laughs> I'm like, I just was it when she disappeared. <laughs> Not that's what she. I knew she was going to disappear, but like just the. There's so many weird inconsistencies. There's so many inconsistencies, and so much. I just want to know. I don't want to know why. I don't give a shit. Like why she wants to start a new life if that's the thing that she does. Mm Because anyone, but like I just don't believe. I don't believe she dies on the boat. I don't believe she gets killed. I don't believe any of that stuff. Um, I mean, I guess there's theories that like cover-ups and shit can happen sure. right like that's always but i think that starts to become really more unlikely as opposed to something like it's weird when we think a cover-up is more <laughs> unlikely than the fact that this lady sends someone in her in her place and then lives out her life as a different person and for what reason she chooses to do that right 
I don't know. Unless they stuffed her body in the furnace. Yeah, I mean, that would be a way. But then you still have to get the body down there. No, nope, I don't know. And the why. And the why. There's Especially no when you leave the jewels and you. you yeah, know. there's no motivation. Like, I'm not killing someone, leaving all their jewels behind. Like, yeah. You take everything. That's You, right. you destroy evidence. You take stuff. Um, abducted by aliens. Aliens. Is the only is the other other thing yes. I have there. That's all I got. I support uh, that. <laughs> no, I don't actually don't think that at all. I think that I I don't know. I think that if we if and and if if some of you agree with this theory that she never gets on the boat, how does her decoy get off the boat without being checked? That's the yeah. Because they'd have to check so, as someone yeah who checked in on the boat yeah. Forget what happened to her. We just want to know how anyone got on and off that boat, whether it was Marie Empress or somebody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Or maybe, maybe there's more people involved in it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe whoever is checking people on, checking people off. That's true. Is inv- I don't know. Slip the purse and be like, hey, just say I didn't get off. You literally reach out to us. I'm really interested in your theories on this one. My brain hurts a little bit, actually. <laughs> Adam is rubbing their head and yeah. sort of. I just don't know. I don't know. Well, thank you, Christina, for that one. That one, I just it took a turn and it just didn't go. stop turning. Didn't stop turning. Again, if you have any theories, you know how to reach out to us. You can head us uh, hit us up on our socials. The easiest, honestly, the easiest way to, to get in touch with us is our Instagram. Slide into our DMs. That's the like the best way of getting in touch because I check those every day. Yeah. Um, and that's at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram. But you can also reach out uh, via people have done this uh, messaging us on Facebook at the same thing at NY Mystery Machine. Twitter at NY Mysteries for however long we'll be on Twitter. <laughs> and um, or you can email us uh machine at gmail.com. Um, and while you're online doing stuff, head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave us five stars and a review. Um, as well as uh, if, uh, you can do the same thing on Audible and you can leave us five stars on Spotify. Um, so that is that. Love that. All right, folks. Um, we're back next week with our special Christmas episode. <gasps> uh, I can't believe it's already Christmas. Christmas, God, that one's fast. Yeah, we just it's like just celebrate Thanksgiving. Wow, as often does. <laughs> All right, well, I've been Adam Mays. I've been Christina Marinelli. And thanks for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Tell me all, but for ghosts. <laughs>